I want you to pray with me now and let's trust the Lord to really speak deeply to our hearts. Lord, the gift we need more than anything in this season is the gift of your presence. Let your presence bring the hope and the healing that is needed. We had a great first service, but Lord, we don't try to reduplicate any experience because we have a different context, a different group. And so we need you to speak and work in the way that is effective for right in this moment. Come within this moment. Come within this time and just reveal yourself again. Reveal yourself in the way that we need. Speak by the power of your word and may there be a voice so strong and so clear behind my voice. Lord, anytime I preach, there has to be a voice behind my voice to give my voice any significance and it's the voice of God. Let your voice speak. And as I give these thoughts and perhaps encouragements from your word, they will unfold and take on life within people according to where they are and what they need. So there will be a sermon preached today that I never say, but you will say it. And we invite you to do that. We sense you here in a very strong way. And we honor that. We don't take it for granted. And we give you now our focus as we open your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Man, the scene behind me is one that thrills our hearts because we read about it in Matthew chapter 1, turning there, Matthew chapter 1, and I'll begin at verse 18. For this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son... And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Now, it's talking about Isaiah. And you can go back to Isaiah, and in chapter 7, this is where Isaiah speaks these words. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We often see the scene of the manger and the Christ child was born. So much was culminating in the prophecy of the Old Testament. One of the great prophecies of the Old Testament coming true at the birth of Jesus was God becoming flesh, God dwelling among us, And as I said a few moments ago, the gift of God's presence is the most needed gift in all of our lives. The most important gift. And I want to talk about his presence. But I want you to pray with me and let's ask that our hearts be as open as God can make them to be to receive this important word. 
Lord, we just come before you, and I pray that through this truth, healing and hope would come. I know that there are people here today that need this word. This is the word that has come alive in my spirit for this day. And any time that happens, it is because you are wanting to speak this word, but not only speak the word, but plant it deep in our hearts until it takes root within us and brings the life that is contained within this truth. Let the energy of God come as we talk about who you are and what you've done. Let the work of your spirit happen as we talk about the presence of your spirit. And I ask this in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel. And all of God's people said, and amen. Emmanuel, just take the word, I am. It means with us, beside us, before us, accompanying. El means God. So Emmanuel is the with us God. God with us, a play on words, the with us God. What I want to do in this message is celebrate with you the withness of God. That's an important word. The withness of God, the presence of the Lord. Now, in order to do this, I want to refer to the passage of Scripture that I preached in my first sermon to you, the first Sunday of January, where Kelly and I were assigned by the Spirit and confirmed by you to be your pastors. I led you to Exodus 33. Let me tell you the story. Moses is told by God, it's time to go to the promised land. The promise was moving forward. However, God said, though you will have the promised land, it's a land that's flowing, it's happening. It is the place of victory. It is the place of prosperity, and it is yours. However, Moses, I'm not going with you. Then Moses replied, well, God, if you aren't going with us, then don't send us. The whole passage in Exodus 33 is about the power of the presence of God. We learn so much, it ties right into Matthew chapter 1. What Moses teaches us is that the presence of God is greater than victory or prosperity. Can you imagine an angel coming before us right now and saying, okay, you're going to have an unending Christmas list. The future is before you, and I promise you victory at every battle, at every challenge. And a huge bank account. Matter of fact, unending, limitless. So we're talking victory and prosperity. That is the promise that God had given to Moses. Can you imagine? Now, let's just try to put ourselves into that context. We have victory promised, we have prosperity, but we are told by the angel, as you move into your future with the victory and the prosperity, you will not have the presence of God. You will be the covenant child of God. Moses was the covenant child of God. Had he moved on into his future and into the promised land, he would have still been the covenant child of God, even though he wasn't a person with the presence of God. And notice what Moses did. I, I don't know what we would do, but let me tell you what he did. He said, look, God, I would rather be in the wilderness with your presence 
than to be in the promised land without your presence. Moses is showing us that the presence of God is more important and greater than even victory or prosperity. Moses is showing us that nothing compares or as greater than the very presence of God. I want this for us. In January, I declared that we must be desperate for the presence of God. Moses knew he couldn't be who God had created him to be without his presence. May we not try to move into the future without the presence of God on a personal level. And may we as the church always be reminded that only God can do the work of God. No matter how many victories or our prosperity without the presence of God, we need not take a step for the presence of God is that important. Oh, once we've experienced his presence, Moses teaches us that nothing else compares. This is God. This is God himself. This isn't just anyone. This is God, the holy God around whom there is an emerald rainbow shining. Seven lamps that continually burn. Four creatures that continue to declare his holiness. Elders that are falling before him, casting their crowns at his feet. Before him is a crystal sea. It is this God who comes to earth and takes on human form. Just to be with us. He didn't need us. He came out of pure want. Oh, I want to know his presence, that fullness, that satisfying, overwhelming presence. Let me appeal to anyone who's been communicated a message that you need his grace for fire insurance. There is so much more. Then fire insurance, we're talking about the fullness of Christ. And Exodus 3 is the burning bush. God crashing in and, and desiring to be with Moses and speak to Moses and give Moses a destiny. And he says, look, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to set the people free. And Moses is all about, well, who's going? And Moses puts the focus on Aaron. God's constantly saying, I am, I am. But Moses says, well, send Aaron with me. Make sure Aaron goes. I need Aaron. Moses refers to a speech problem. And so if he could have Aaron go, Aaron could do the talking. And Moses could be the leader. Please send Aaron. That's Exodus 3. When you get to Exodus 33, Moses has the promise. The angel speaks to him. The angel's going with him. He has the promise of God going with him. Aaron is going. All the people are going. And Moses has one focus. God, I want to make sure you are going. Because what he had learned from the third chapter of his Exodus experience to chapter 33 is that it doesn't matter if Aaron is there or an angel is there or even the promise is there. If the presence of God doesn't go, I don't want to take a step Oh, is this not Moses showing us what Psalm 63 and 3 says? Thy loving kindness is better than life. His loving kindness is his presence. 
And Moses is saying there is, there is something that's even better than life, better than victory, better than prosperity. It is the presence of God. And we have his presence. Moses, <laughs> in Exodus 33, he says, okay, God, you said you're going with us because God softens his heart and says, okay, Moses, I love you and I believe in you and I'm going with you. I'm going, I'm going with you. And Moses says, well, would you show us your glory? Can you imagine a man willing to ask God to reveal his glory? I mean, that's one of the greatest prayers of the entire Bible. I mean, we all get amazed when Joshua says, hey, God, if you could hold the sun in the sky for one more hour, I could finish this battle. And God orchestrates in a way that the entire orbit is okay with the sun staying where it is for one more hour, the massive power of God that's at work in that miracle, yet it doesn't stand with the request when Moses said, would you show me your glory? And God's answer was this, I will cause my goodness to pass by. And it interchanges the word glory with the word goodness because the glory of God is the very goodness of God. That's why the psalmist says, thy loving kindness, thy goodness is better than life. Oh, if the church would pray, God, your presence we need, your presence we desire, your presence we are desperate for. I, I don't know the victories we'll have in the new year, but they are coming. There is another miracle in the making. Hallelujah. And God will prosper us in, in the truest definition of prosperity. But let me preach to you what is more important than the victories and more important than the prosperity is the presence of God that will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's just be aware of it. Hallelujah. Number two, those who embrace the with of God are the most distinguishable people in the world. This year I have preached to you about Joseph. Remember the positives and the negatives of his life. From declaring his dream to being thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, and then into Potiphar's house. And when he goes into Potiphar's house, he is raised in leadership. And here's the reason. The Bible says because Potiphar recognized that the Lord was with him. Now he is falsely accused and is thrown into prison. But in prison he succeeds and he becomes the leader and the administrator there in the prison, and it's for this reason, the scripture says it. They recognized that the Lord was with him. What we see as the major element of Joseph's life was the presence of God. We've talked about Joshua this year. And let me just say it like this. When you look at your destiny, and when you sense the dream God has for you, and in light of that dream, you feel like a grasshopper, Emmanuel... Emmanuel, where God said, Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. We're talking about Moses right now. He was, he was the illustration of the first sermon that I ever preached to you. And it shows us this in Hebrews 11, God's hall of fame. You read about Joseph, you read about Joshua, and you read about Moses. The Hall of Fame, it's the MVP. It's, it's God's most valuable players. How did they end up there? Because they took God up on his withness. Here's how we are great for God. 
because we will make much of God by being passionate, even desperate, for the presence of God. And finally, the presence of God, the with of God, is often best experienced in contrast to being without something or someone else. What occupies your thoughts during this season? Do you find yourself without something, a job, the home you once had? Do you find yourself without someone? You see, it's in the without circumstance of life that we can perhaps best experience the withness of God. Habakkuk. He says, if the fig tree doesn't blossom, if there are no grapes on the vine, if the olive crop does not yield a harvest, if the barns are barren and there are no sheep in the field, yet I will rejoice in my God. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And then he gives this interesting description, for he will make me strong, able to go to the high places, making my feet like that of a deer, able to to reach heights that otherwise I could not reach. Now let's put it into context. He's talking about personal and national disaster. This would be us saying, if the check is not in the mail, and if the job is gone, and if everything collapses around us, you think of the most disastrous circumstance, and that gives us the context of which Habakkuk is speaking. And yet, in that context, he's talking about being at the highest. Sometimes, it's in the lowest moment that we learn how God takes us to the high place. It's being without when the fig tree doesn't blossom and the olives are not on the vine and the crops are not in the field and there's no cattle in the stall. That's, that's all of life. That's all of the economy. When we're without is when we often realize the withness of God. For his presence is often in contrast. Isn't it true? That God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. If you find yourself without in this season, then it becomes the perfect season to experience Emmanuel. There is not a soul living on this planet that can have one more experience of the presence of God than you. This is not reserved for clergy or for those who somehow are special. This promise of his presence is for everyone. We traveled to Arkansas yesterday for my dad's side of the family Christmas and I thought about my mamaw and I can remember her saying, Ron, 
No one on the planet can have, and listen to these words, one iota more of the presence of God than you. Everyone has access. I don't know what iota means, you know, technically, but I know what it means spiritually. That means you have access. That means we can know the presence of God. Hallelujah. I remember it was the Christmas of 2004. That is the month that I started my master's degree, but there were other circumstances in my life at that time that were very difficult. I had to go to Florida to, to initiate the master's degree, and I remember on Friday when I was returning to the airport to come home, I was way early, so I took an exit and was just going to go look around because I saw this steeple. And I knew by the height of the steeple, it had to be a pretty amazing facility. And I, I like to visit churches. I like to study churches. So I take this exit and make my way to this church. And it truly was a magnificent facility. It was a Methodist church, and I remember getting out of my car, and I was walking around. Now, remember, I'm, I'm at a very tough time. There were some, some things I was without in that season. And as I walked around that facility, I know it was the presence of the Lord bringing to my mind, I've studied revivals. I, I love the study of the moves of God in history, and especially this nation. And I realized it suddenly dawned on me. I was at the very spot to which years before they had erected a tent and there was a revival they were holding. And they were having services in the morning and in the evening. And their highest attendance going every day and week after week was like 40 people. And the person leading the revival was so convinced that God said do it that instead of shutting it down because of a lack of souls being saved and the work of God, he pressed in even more in prayer and sought the face of God. And one afternoon, bearing that burden of, of wanting to see God move, God gave him a song. This was all coming to my mind as I walked around. I go, this is the place. And the song that God gave that revival leader was, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And as I was rehearsing that revival, the Lord made it clear to me that he was dealing with me at a far greater level than just that revival. And my mind raced to Zephaniah where it says that the Lord rejoices over us with singing. Now the story of the revival is when, when that brother began to share that song, the Spirit of God moved and they sang it over and over again and it was, it was a breakthrough until 4,000 people were brought into the kingdom of God and it's the reason that that sprawling facility is there because God has been rich in his presence over the years through that church and it is an amazing church in this nation. But God was pressing into my mind that there was so much more than just the story that he was rejoicing over me that day with singing, and the song was, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. See, what I needed that day in that season 
where I was without was a fresh reminder that he was with me. And it became my song, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Work in my life. We are without Alma Stith. We had her homegoing service a week ago today. She had shared with me that her favorite verse was Psalm 23, 4 that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. She said to me one day in the offices, she said, Pastor, you should preach a sermon sometime about this. And, and, and she gave me the title of the sermon. She said it should be Shepherd of Those in Shadow Valley. That built in my spirit, and that's what I preached at her funeral. And, and here is the whole truth, that when we go from pasture to pasture, often in between the place of provision and rest is a valley. And it's in the valley where we realize we are without what we are or were accustomed to in the season before the valley. It's in the valley where we deal with shadows, we deal with challenges that we didn't have in the season before the valley. And isn't it interesting that it's in the valley of the whole psalm, it is in the valley where it becomes so personal that he is with us. The shepherd to those in Shadow Valley. What gets me from pasture to pasture, even though there are valleys, is the Emmanuel factor, the very presence of God. So I close today saying to you that the biggest counterfeit we often hear about Christmas is commercialism. All this commercialism is taking away the meaning of Christmas. But I want to tell you this Christmas I have something deeper and stronger on my heart that the greatest counterfeit of Christmas is not commercialism but loneliness. To think that we would go through this season without the presence of God. That we would go through this season and miss the presence of God. Do you find yourself with deficient then I say to you that he is with sufficient. He is everything you need and more. He is available. He is present. He is close, closer than you could ever imagine. His presence is here now. His presence understands your heart, understands your burden, understands your need. talking about the God who is aware of the details and when he applies his presence it's so personal it's so specific it's me standing on the campus of that Methodist church needing a personal work of God's presence in me 
and God doing exactly what I needed most. I remind you, his presence is greater than victory. It's greater than prosperity. Maybe this Christmas, it is just one with after the other in your life. It, perhaps it's never been any better. Don't miss him in your prosperity. Maybe it's one without after the other. Don't miss him. Because in contrast to what you're without is where he can show himself at times the strongest to you. And the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. And they, who's it talking about? People sitting in the assembly third Sunday of December and they shall call his name Emmanuel so Kelly and I want to wish all of you and let you know our greatest prayer is that you would have a very merry witness the presence of God with your eyes closed this morning I want to invite the prayer team to come if you will the prayer team is coming to take their places because we need to pray for those who deal with the need of God's fresh presence in their life whatever the need whatever the burden you bear whatever the pain of your heart God wants to minister to you He was born the babe in a manger, but much more than that, he was born Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. God here and God here right now to express his love and his power in your life. If you find yourself needing the presence of God in your heart, we're going to sing this song. And as we do, you find the nearest aisle, come forward and let one of these prayer team members just trust God for his presence to minister to you, for you, in the way you need it most.